Welcome back to the Discovering Forestry podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Lofi, alongside the star of the show, Mr. Arbor Joe Aitken, here for another compelling conversation about trees. Joe, we're just having a good time. Summer's humming along. I see here in the uh, the higher elevation, some willows starting to actually change colors that are near the river gullies. So it's exciting. It's it's hard to believe, Corey, that it's the end of August already. September's man, it's the leaves are changing. You're right. It's right. We're right there. Um, but I will say that. I'm having a tough time getting caught up from our recent, um, what you call it? Not a, not an endeavor. Our recent. Uh, <laughs> the journey to Albuquerque. <laughs> yeah. Journey to Albuquerque. I'm trying to think of something really cool to say. Like, uh, what is that? That, that one show on TV where he goes around, he's an archeologist. Um, Joshua, yeah, yeah. What's his show name? What's what was his? I don't know. It might. It, might it sounds there. cool. So I was trying to come up with something cool, but I'm have I'm struggling because I have not recovered from Albuquerque yet. Um, I keep writing notes, like pages of things that I have to get caught up on. That's not to even talk about the people I got to talk to. I got like twenty something things that I'm supposed to get done by tomorrow, and I'm thinking eh, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Just keep rolling with it. Just <laughs> prioritize them. And then uh, get caught up, but um, I'm doing good. You're right. Summer's here. Did have to buy a new lawnmower. Mm. Um, as a tree guy, I don't put much thought into uh, cutting turf because mm. technically I'm not a turf guy. We talked about this in the past. I could give two beans. I'm just, <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't even mind weeds. Clover is one of the big number one food source for the bees mm. had to get a new lawnmower and what a big pain in the butt oh i know and um so well, well next time we have a turf guy i will talk about choosing the correct mower for your acre and a half but um i am excited about today's episode uh it'd be a, it's going to be a great chat so i'm going to allow you mr lofi to make an introduction absolutely our guest today was reunited with us when we got to see her in Albuquerque during the ISA conference just last week. Or by the time this episode comes out, it'd be a couple weeks ago. Anyhow, she is she is the COO and co-founder of Altitude Arborist, based out of the Front Range in Colorado. Megan Townsend, welcome to the podcast. How are you and have you fully recovered from our adventure? Uh, well, I'm, I'm doing just fine. And, uh, like I like to say, I am maybe treading water, but probably snorkeling. Uh, but, you know, life goes on. You just, uh, you get things done as you can and business keeps moving forward. Well, we're grateful that you took the time to be with us and you hung out with us on the floor for a little bit. Can you bring us and our listeners up to speed on a little bit about yourself and your business in the front range of Colorado. How did you get to where you are? Sure, sure. So my running joke is that I am an arborist by marriage. Uh, <laughs> my uh, my husband, Hunter, and I met at CSU freshman year. He was uh, getting his degree in forestry. 
I happened to be an equine science major at the time and switched over to nutrition. Uh, and, uh, you know, after graduation, uh, Hunter worked for a, a tree service up in Fort Collins, uh, Fort Collins Tree Care, still a great company to this day. Uh, and uh, then ended up working for the State Forest Service. I went to PA school. So I actually spent 13 years practicing medicine. And uh, as life went on and things evolved, uh, we moved back to the front range and started our own company in 2016. And then COVID hit and I said, uh, peace out, uh, medical industry, and uh, decided to help us run the company full time. So, so what I do is everything that has little to do with clients or trees. Um, I help with, you know, I do our HR, finance, uh, you know, our strategy, marketing, those types of things. Um, and that allows me to be involved at a different level uh, with the industry. So I am the chair of the Colorado Tree Care Sector Partnership, which works on workforce development. Um, I'm on the board of CalCap. Uh, that's a newer, newer thing for me. That's the Colorado Arborists and Lawn Care Professionals. Uh, I, I also know very little about lawns, <laughs> but I'm learning. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I have my, my toe in various aspects of the industry and it's an industry I absolutely love and hope to never have to go back to medicine full time. Well, you know what? You don't have to, because technically what you do is medicine for trees. It's true. It's Even if true. it's just a hug. You just don't hug trees. They need hugs. That's awesome. I'm sorry. Um, I got to, Corey, maybe, Megan, Corey, you guys got to help me here. Now, I'm east of the Mississippi. I've heard you guys talk about the front range in numerous episodes. What's the front range? For our listeners, <laughs> <laughs> the the front range is kind of it's it's this ever growing amoeba that stretches from Pueblo, which is in southern Colorado, right up the I twenty five corridor, passes through uh, Castle Rock, Castle Pines, Denver, uh, up to Boulder, up to Fort Collins, and then you hit the Wyoming border. So that is the front range of Colorado. It's it's not connected entirely because there is some prairie and some sagebrush. But it's it's getting pretty close. Yes, it's rapidly disappearing. I like that description. It's an amoeba for amoeba. sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yes. because you know what? One thing we we have a uh, there's always a discussion on is where does the edge of urban forestry end and dirt forestry starts. So when I think of the Front Range, I'm thinking that's that that's that imaginary um, separation between two practices in forestry. Well, and what's unique about Denver and I guess Salt Lake, so so some of these bigger cities in the West here is if you go back to the Midwest, you have woods and you have you have what we would call like wooded corridors where, you know, insects, animals, diseases, everything could kind of move. Colorado, between towns, it's pretty much sagebrush and wind. And that's about it in that front range. So it's all I mean, it really is. Uh, that urban forestry interface, it's all right there. Uh, it's it's kind of uh, unique. It is unique. Okay. Uh, you know what? I, I still, I, I kind of get it, but I don't get it. But I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to cross it off my list. I mean, range, for God's sakes. All right. 
please continue. <laughs> so, Megan, now that we got that out of the way. So what, you know, I know your specialty is, is kind of more in uh, the holistic approach to both health um, as well, you know, dietary, but also kind of the longevity of, of being an arborist and, and being in the trades. Did you study that in PA school? And, and what does that look like in your day-to-day operation at, at Altitude Arborist? Yeah. So, you know, interestingly, uh, in, in medical school and PA school, there's very little education on any of that. Um, you know, my degree in nutrition uh, served me well uh, as, as a PA um, and serves me well to this day as I harp on, I mean, help our crew uh, with <laughs> making sure they're fueling themselves properly. Uh, you know, my, my work, I actually worked in occupational medicine for a time. So kind of the workers compensation side of things and taking care of people who were injured. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that in our industry and most of the trades, one of the things we don't talk about in terms of safety is what I consider probably to be the most important aspect of safety, which is, you know, taking care of oneself. Um, making sure that uh, your body and mind are prepared to do the work that that we do, which is, um, you know, there's a lot of risk involved, especially with arborists uh, every single day, you know, not just climbers, people on the ground, you know, everybody needs to be at the top of their game. And that's where I have my own personal crusade uh, to make sure that we're getting the word out about uh, nutrition, hydration, and wellness, uh, as part of a solid risk management plan. Um, so, so not just talking, you know, our tailgate safety meetings and, you know, reviewing close calls and that type of thing. We need to kind of take it back a few steps, uh, to how we're, we're treating ourselves at at home, uh, and on breaks and such. I like the term you used self-care. And we don't talk about that, especially, I think I'm one of the older school arborists. I've been in it 40 years. And I'm not saying, you know, that the industry is aging. So I'm not thinking that we need to talk about like geriatrics or get into some, but I think self-care is important, especially as you have uh, been in the history longer because, you know, arthritis starts to kick in, old injuries kick in. And if you're not taking care of yourself, this all catches up with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And unfortunately, it doesn't have to be someone who's, you know, 40s plus, right? I mean, people can have pretty devastating injuries um, as a younger person. And quite frankly, people who are younger in this industry may be at higher risk because they still have that mentality, right? Of, ah, it's not going to happen to me. I'm fine. I can go out and stay up as late as I want, drink what I want come to work drinking a energy drink and, you know, eating some donuts from the corner store and I'm ready to rock and roll. Um, meanwhile, yeah. their, their folks on the ground are going, gee, I really hope this, uh, this, uh, person climbing in the tree today is at the top of their game. Cause you know, my life's in their hands. Well, let's, yeah, I'm underneath them. Yeah, no, these are great points. Let's discuss that. So being in a production, being in production in 
tree landscape world is the closest and probably the most comparable to being an industrial athlete that a lot of people will ever reach. So what are some things that you're doing at Altitude Arborist and that you'd like to share specifics uh, on how people in our trade can better uh, take care of themselves and prepare themselves for maybe a full day or a full career uh, in the industry? Yeah, no, no problem. So one of the top things we think we talk about uh, regularly is hydration. Uh, that's the number one thing that's going to get you the quickest, uh, you know, especially in the summer, but really year round. Uh, so we actually have some some systems in place uh, to make sure people are hydrated. So starting from you know, reminding people before they come to work right? Maybe on your way to work or when you first get up in the morning, maybe you drink a full glass of water before you have that first cup of coffee Um, or drink at least a half a water bottle of water on the way in. Um, We actually provide to our crews uh, some rehydration solutions. Uh, So there are a couple that we provide to people. One of the ones uh, we like is actually called uh, Working Athlete. Uh, it's actually the company wilderness athlete started another line called working athlete. And, uh, it's, it's essentially a solution that I tell people, we bought everybody their own special water bottle, right? And you pour the mix into your water bottle and mix it up. And I tell people, I want you to drink half of this on your way to the job. I want you to drink the other half at lunchtime. The rest of the time, I want you drinking water. And as you need to, you know, if you need to, you're really sweating a lot, uh, you feel like you need some more of that rehydration solution, have more. Um, we also provide liquid IV. Some of the, some of our crew pre- prefers liquid IV over the working athlete. Um, I, guess I have my own biases. IV? Say that. Give an actual IV. <laughs> Heading up the tree, got something out of your arm. <laughs> so so yeah just 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 the powder but that would be entertaining come and provide ivs to the crew uh hopefully we're not needing to do that they're they're hydrating themselves properly uh but uh we also make sure you know each crew has a cooler and we have a freezer that that a chest freezer that we put the water bottles in so they can put those those water bottles in have nice cold water um, just, just different ways to encourage hydration through the day and educating our crews on what does it look like if somebody looks dehydrated? Um, you know, it's really scary actually that someone can actually become dehydrated to the point where, where they're at the same functional level as somebody who has a 0.08 blood alcohol concentration mm. within an hour. Uh, if there's somebody who sweats a lot, and they're not rehydrating, and and we don't want that uh, uh, on our job sites. <laughs> that's, how, that's how accidents happen. And Megan, what I really like about what you're saying is it's not just drinking water, right? You you have to have you know kind of one of the the buzzwords or one of the big things that people talk about is you know your electrolytes, which you know sodium, calcium, potassium, something, chloride, phosphate, maybe sugar and magnesium. I'm probably forgetting something, but you got to put all that back in your body and kind of what you're doing with the crew. And I'm curious what, you know, what the buy-in is with the crew, but splitting it up. So you're not just drinking it all and then peeing it all out in the back of the chipper, but uh, (laughs) what kind of buy-in are you getting from the crew? Is this one where people kind of roll their eyes and go, yeah, okay. Or, or do you actually see the whole, uh, the whole crew adapting? this? 
Well, the, the proof is in the pudding, right? You, you, I, I asked them, okay, when we first started this, I said, all right, I want you guys to try this, be really diligent for a week. And then tell me how you feel, right? At the end of the day, the next day, you know, how do you feel your performances? And the overwhelming feedback was, I have less cramping. I have more energy. I, I feel better. Um, I'm more alert. And, and so when you can prove to people taking care of yourself just by rehydrating properly works, then they want to keep doing it. And so it, it's, it's uh, encouraging to me when they say, Hey, we're out of this stuff, right? We're almost out of liquid IV. We're almost right. out of working athlete. That says to me that they're using it on a, on a regular basis. So, um, you know, I think just having some people on the crew, you know, if you're trying to do this within your own company, trying to get a few ringleaders, a few champions of, Hey, let's hydrate. Um, you, you know, another thing that I haven't started yet, I meant to this summer, but life gets in the way. Um, uh, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it next summer is a way in way out challenge. So in the morning, everybody weighs themselves and it's, it's not a weight loss challenge, right? It's a weight maintenance challenge. We want people to weigh the same when they get back at the end of the day as what they came in at, because that means they're not losing pounds of, of fluid and being dehydrated. It means they're staying hydrated through the day. Um, so just another fun thing you can do, uh, with, with your crew to, to make it, you know, gamify essentially, uh, the hydration game. I like the, I like the idea, you know, what, it reminds me when you, you mentioned something about even winter. I think we we associate having to be hydrated in, in the summer, but I remember when I was working on a farm growing up, and I remember my my uncle who was his farm said that the cattle drank more water in the winter, hmm. they needed more hydration in the winter. So does that stand true for us? And that's why it's a year long program. It's not just during the dog days of summer. You got to stay hydrated all year long. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's easier, I think sometimes to get dehydrated in the winter, uh, because we're not thinking, Oh, it's so hot. I need to drink water. It's the same thing with sunscreen, right? Oh, it's hot out. I'm going to get a sunburn. It has nothing to do with the temperature of the air. Um, now certainly in the summer, you're going to need to replace more uh, be, with your electrolytes and your fluids because you're sweating it out more. That's just, you know, natural, you know, physiology. Um, but I think it's sneakier in the winter time because number one, we're not looking out for dehydration necessarily with each other. We're not talking about it as much. And in Colorado, especially, you know, at our elevation, um, as dry as it is, we just, when we're respirating, when we're breathing, we're expiring hydration out of just breathing. Um, so making sure that that's something we're paying attention to year round and, and, you know, making sure that we're not just hydrating during the day, but you know, you get home and it's like, Hey, you know, great, a great meal might be something with, with liquid in it, right. In the summertime, have more fruits, right? Like watermelon and those types of things that, that have liquid in them in the wintertime, maybe add, you know, have soup for dinner on a regular basis, you know, to get more fluids in, um, when you're consuming a meal. Yeah. And let's, let's talk about that. I like the segue that you're doing right now, because I think it's 
perfect and i don't think i don't think it's historically been brought up in the tree sector and that is that is uh, nutrition so we covered hydration we covered water that's half the equation but the other half is nutrition and if you think about you know athletes whatever athlete you are other than somebody who shoots pool plays golf or does bowling um if you're thinking about <laughs> athletes that that break a sweat and and they need to be uh, you know in proper nutrition what does that look like i mean we adding carbohydrates quick carbs uh, like sugars or something a little more complex like pastas what what are you suggesting that that some arborists might have the night before and then what are some things that people can eat throughout the day so that they don't have a, a crash yeah so first off eating throughout the day right that's your number one because <laughs> I, I don't know about everybody else's company but at our company it was like pulling teeth just to get people to eat right like take a minute and eat something right have a lunch break. Um, so just literally packing a lunch and taking a few minutes to eat that lunch um, or pack some snacks that you can munch on through the day. And, and you know, one of the things we do, we actually provide snacks uh, that, that our crew can take because I gave up. I gave up on saying, did you bring your lunch? Did you bring a snack? Uh, no, mom, I didn't. Uh, and, and so we say, okay, fine. We got stuff on the trucks. We've got stuff in the office. Just please eat something. And so during the day, you, you know, you want a combination. You want those quick carbs if you're feeling like you're just tanking. Uh, so we have things like the Belvita bars, which are basically like very, very much sugar. It's not, this is not a healthy breakfast, folks, the Belvita bars. Right. It's a pick me uh, but, up as you're going. Sure. But, sure. but you know, um, and we also have trail mix. So we've got proteins, fats, and sugars mixed together. Um, you know, the, the granola bars that are a little bit more complex with some of the nuts and that type of a thing. Um, you know, having things throughout the day, like dried fruits, um, jerky, these are types of things that you can carry with you and just quickly pop a few in your mouth and then keep working because I know how crews are, at least our crews, they want to get their work done you know, feel accomplished at the end of the day. Um, but what we don't want is for them to come back at the end of the day and just be like, I don't feel like doing maintenance because I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so we want them to fuel through the day now in the evenings. Um, you know, the other, the other trap people fall in is that, well, I didn't eat all day at work. I'm going to stop somewhere and get some fast food on the way home because I am starving. Right. So, so we're fueling ourselves with garbage, right? Um, Joe's, and... hands went, Joe's hand went up for the, for people who get, <laughs> it happens, right? Yeah, it you get it's in like easy. panic yeah. mode where you're just, yeah. you're, you're, you're exhausted. You don't want to make anything and you just want food right now. Uh, and so, so it's a terrible cycle. So, so planning ahead a little bit, you know, us dorks that do food prep and th that type of a thing where, you know, you're thinking about your meals on the weekend for the whole week, right? So you're either making a big batch of food that you can just have throughout the week, or you're a super dork and you put some stuff in the crock pot in the morning to cook and it's ready at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's not too hard to not only feel yourself well, but also save money by eating at home. Um, and, and my favorite thing are meals that can be made in one dish. 
I am mm. not a fan of, okay, I'm going to have this protein and then I'm going to make this vegetable and, you know, this grain and all that. I want it all in one pan. I don't have time for that. So, you know, things like chili, right? Chili is a great meal, um, whether it's vegetarian or not. Um, you got the beans in there. You've got meat. If you want, you can just throw a load of veggies in there and you can hide your vegetables. If you're not a big vegetable lover, um, you know, pasta, pasta can be fine, but, and I don't know, uh, you know, if you just take the pasta sauce and you dump it on your pasta that you made on the stove, it's not really going to sustain you, right? That's like quick carbs and, and not very helpful. So, I like to take that pasta sauce as a base and throw, we, we hunt. So the only meat we eat is like game meat. So, you know, throw some ground elk or deer or whatever in there. Uh, and, you know, add some, you know, chopped veggies, uh, or frozen veggies, right. It doesn't even have, you know, just get a thing of frozen veggies, throw that in the sauce and you're refueling yourself. Cause what people don't understand is, when they're working hard every day, they're not just using up protein, you know, fat and carbs. They're using up those micronutrients that you need to replace so your body functions properly. So you've got to get those fruits and vegetables in there um, to replace some of those micronutrients so your your body can work, be working in tip-top shape. Um, so, and you're not going to get those in fast food. Yeah, I think what's interesting is <laughs> I made a note here is this. You no, know, I think it's probably, this is probably a human issue, not just the tree care phenomenon, but I think what's sad is that as an arborist, especially someone who, who focuses on plant health care, you know what living organisms need to survive. And we go out of our way to make sure that this tree's got everything it needs, but then we stop at Taco Bell on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a tough bridge to cross. To get yourself into that that habit of, yeah. like I said, we take care of trees all day long, and then we can't spend five minutes to take care of ourselves. And I'm not going to say that on everybody because uh, I'm guilty of it, and I'll point at my own self that I, I always got to try to do better. Just do better, people. <laughs> yeah. Can, as as we're as we're bringing our conversation to a close, if there was one final bit of information or, or piece of advice around the topic that we discussed today that you would, you would really like to, to leave our listeners with, what would that be? Well, I think making wellness and nutrition and hydration part of your company culture. Uh, something that we are, are starting is uh, we worked with a physical therapist recently. His name's Joey Seaforth. He's with comeback performance. Got to give him a little plug. He's here in Brighton, Colorado. And he specifically, his, his physical therapy practice is, is primarily with athletes. And he put together a warm-up program for our crew. Uh, and so that's something that can be done as a group uh, in the morning. Uh, you know, you could be talking about safety or talking about whatever, but you're standing in a circle. Everybody's got one of those. Um, they're kind of the exercise bands. It's a full loop and it's just a red band. A lot of people use them in CrossFit for like assisting pull-ups, that type of a thing. Sure. But it's all the exercises are use that one band and it's just warming up the muscles. It's getting, getting, getting your body ready for the day. Um, and not only does that 
help your body get ready for the day. You can be just talking as a crew, checking in with each other. How, how are things at home? What'd you do over the weekend? Uh, because we have to make sure that we're taking really good care of our people and, and being interested in our people and, and their well-being. Uh, and that just that just goes a long way for for a healthy people and a healthy company. Uh, so so I would say, you know, pick pick one thing to start with and implement it and, and build on it. And, and I think, well, hopefully your safety results will follow suit. Um, so, so yeah. And if people want to know more, I'm actually giving a talk about this exact topic at TCI Expo in November. Um, I found out my time slot is uh, 8.45 on Friday, November 17th. It's my safety from within talk that I'm doing. Uh, and in addition to another talk I'm doing the day before. So uh, come, come see me. Uh, I could talk about this and all the other things I'm passionate about <laughs> all day long. So, thank you, Megan. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I, I will definitely check this out. Um, you got stats before and after in incorporating this with your guys. Is there any good yeah. data that supports what you're doing's work? And I'm going to be there to look for it. Yeah. You know, I guess I should have started collecting data beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I do, I do have some stats in that talk, maybe not specific to us, but I'll, I'll throw some science at you. I'm all about science. <laughs> well, thank right. you so much for taking the time today with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And uh, hopefully this sparks conversation at other companies, uh, keeping people in their tip top shape. Hey, great topic today. Yes, and lots of good information. Yeah, probably one of our best yet. If you enjoyed the podcast or have topics you would like to discuss, please send them to discoveringforestry at gmail.com. And please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. Thanks, guys, uh, for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Joe. And I'm Corey. Signing, Signing out. out.